one semester of law school. One semester of criminal justice. Two experts. I'm Kristen Caruso. I'm Brandi Egan. Let's go to court. On this episode, I'll talk about a man who sued his wife's lover. And I'll be talking about a robbery at a video game store. Norman, do you have an alibi? Were you there? Uh, I'll quote Shaggy. It wasn't me. (laughs) Were you banging on the sofa? (laughs) What's that? (laughs) Banging on the bathroom floor? Yeah, he was banging all over the place. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I just remember the the chorus. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I yeah. uh, deeply unimpressed yeah, over here. by your knowledge of Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't have robbed that game store. I was banging on the sofa. <laughs> hey, if you enjoy banging on the sofa, why don't you check out the LGTC Patreon? Wow. Why? Why? What? How much How? banging on the sofa is there going on in the LGTC Patreon? I'm just looking for common interests. <laughs> Want someone to talk to in the Discord? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe for like a really high up tier on Patreon. You get to bang Norm on the sofa? <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, daddy. <laughs> no, seriously, guys, check out our Patreon. LGT- nope, patreon.com slash LGTC podcast. You can join at the district, appellate, or Supreme Court levels for really cool stuff. Kristen, what do they get at all those levels? At the $2 level, you get to vote on topics, and you get episode updates. At the $5 level, you get all that, plus you get bonus episodes, and you get to join the Discord. At the Supreme Court level, that's the $7 level. That's for the ballers. That's for the really rich people. (laughs) Making it right. (laughs) $7 at a time. (laughs) You get all of that, plus you get a sticker, and you get our little autograph and thank you, and uh, you get an induction on this. You think anybody's signing up for this because they get our autograph, Kristen? I like to dream. Let me quote our favorite review that we've ever received. No one knows who either of you are. Wait, that's a real review? That's, real review. <laughs> that's all it said? I think there was more. There was definitely more. Like, they, they seem to be very mad that we were having such a good time and talking so much, despite the fact that we're not famous. Man. Really hurt our feelings, so we're shutting the podcast down. That's right. Until we get famous. It's a catch-22, I tell you. Yeah. So please, guys, head on over to patreon.com slash LGTC podcast and sign up today. All right. You guys ready to hear this story? Yes. About a man who sued his wife's lover. Yeah. It's a really happy story. I don't think it is. (laughs) Kevin Howard was super stoked. It was New Year's Eve 2016, and he just made a new friend. And it just happened to be his wife's very good friend. Oh. Ooh. Well, no, no, no. I hate Brady. His new friend is his wife's lover? Whoa. No, no, no. Right now, everybody's just good friends. Are you anti-friendship, Brandy? No. Okay. Pro-friendship. The guy's name was Greg Jernigan, and Greg worked with Kevin's wife, Julie. Mm Mm-hmm. See, Greg was in his first year of teaching at... At the Pitt County School District, which, fun fact, Mm -hmm. this is in North Carolina, Peanut is from the Pitt County Animal Shelter. Oh, Peanut! Where is she? She's downstairs. She's not in here. (laughs) Couldn't care less. (laughs) So the school district had assigned Julie to be Greg's mentor. 
Julie. Bam, chicka, bam, Julie. Am I right? <laughs> no. I'm sorry. What's the bow, chicka, bow out of friendships going great? Um, Pocket what? full of sunshine? <laughs> I don't know. Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? Oh, we're off. <laughs> Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? Adding that to the playlist. <laughs> so, guys, great news. Julie and Greg got along great. Oh, did they? Yeah, because, you know, sometimes it can be awkward, the mentor-mentee Until relationship. bang it out. Well, <laughs> so that could help. <laughs> so, picture it. They're all in a limo. They're headed out to this New Year's Eve party mm-hmm. at a Hilton hotel, I assume somewhere in Greenville, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And they had a great time. It's nice for couples to have a friend in common. Mm. What? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Again, are you anti-friendship? No, I'm just getting real nervous okay. here for okay. Kevin. Kevin, is that his name? Kevin is his name. Yeah, I don't think it's going to end well for Kevin. no. And, uh, you know, that's exactly what was happening here. Just a bunch of friends. Uh-huh. Um, Kevin and Julie had two kids, and sometimes they'd have Greg over for dinner. It was the whole family plus Greg. What could be better? Yeah. Yeah. Kevin felt comfortable around Greg. The two shared stories. They talked about their personal lives. About how they were banging the same chick. <laughs> Randy. <laughs> okay, but yeah, what Kevin did not know... <laughs> Was that Greg was not a good friend. Because Greg was doing the horizontal mambo (laughs) with Julie. So here's the truth. Julie and Greg's relationship had started out professional. But by the spring of 2017, they were balls deep in an affair. Oh! (laughs) Uh, Retract that, please. (laughs) What? Is that that really that offensive? (laughs) No, I don't think it's offensive. It's not offensive, it's just... Filthy, dirty, too Kristen. On the nose, this is too graphic. Yeah. Too graphic. Oh, okay. They were, I mean, having rendezvous. The article said they were having rendezvous. They were at, copulating yeah. regularly. Yeah. See, I like balls deep in an I affair. I thought it gets great. That's fine. Keep it. So yeah, like I said, they'd have sex at Greg's apartment, and they were so brazen that they'd meet up together at downtown restaurants just for anyone to see. And so. This is Greenville, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Actually, Norman's sister lives there. Oh. Norman's disrobing on the podcast. He's doing. I'm a just Mr. taking Rogers my shoes right off. Now. Are you going to put your indoor shoes on? Yeah, my slippers. It's a beautiful. Uh, yes, my sister lives in the Greenville area. So, can you give her address, please? Yes. <laughs> it's stop, Norman. Norman Caruso. <laughs> anyway, I'm bringing this up because, like. You're familiar with the area. I think some people sometimes like when you hear like, oh, they would go out out to restaurants in downtown, and it's like I think in a bigger city you'd be like, well, that's not not that's not brazen. Yeah, but in Greenville, that's pretty brazen. I mean, it's I'd say so. Tiny, but it's Greenville's not tiny, but I think it's small. It's it's small enough to where that people would notice that. And they did. The two were in constant communication, and in case you're wondering, hmm, I wonder if. Kevin ever saw anything suspicious on Julie's phone? The answer is no. Why? Uh, because Greg bought her a track phone. Oh, she had a burner phone. Yeah, burner phone. 
Yeah, it's not good. No. No, mm. it's real shitty. Yeah. So, poor Kevin had no idea that any of this was going on. He thought he had had the perfect marriage. He and Julie had been together for like 12 years. He thought they were solid. But suddenly, in the spring of 2017, Julie said that she wanted to separate. Mm. She said she was unhappy in the marriage. Mm. And the reason? Kevin worked too much. Mm. It's all Kevin's fault. Yes. I fucking hate this. Yeah. I hate this. If you want the marriage to end, just own your shit. Yes, exactly. So, you know, Kevin, of course, was devastated. And um, it's unclear to me who suggested they go to marital counseling, counseling, but obviously it was Kevin, right? Yeah, I would assume. So they start going to marital counseling in March of 2017. And how did that go? Well, something felt off. Uh-huh. Which I imagine something would feel off when one person doesn't really want to make things work and they're banging somebody on the side, sending off lovey text messages with their track phone. Yeah. Have you seen the spelling of track phone? T-R-A-C-F-O-N-E. Hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Hate it. (laughs) Kevin had this nagging feeling that there was something more going on. Something he didn't know about. So he hired a private investigator. <gasps> Ooh. And uh, the PI cracked the case pretty quickly. Julie was having an affair with her mentee, manatee. Manatee. <laughs> she was sleeping with a manatee? Yeah. The classic mentor-manatee relationship. Beautiful sea cow. <laughs> I wonder how quick he cracked it. Was he just like, yeah, they're down at the Olive Garden right now, dude. I bet it wasn't too hard to crack, don't you think? Yeah. Kevin was super upset. He went to Julie and confronted her, and she confessed. She said that Greg had just said all the right things to her. She'd made a huge mistake having sex with him. Kevin and Julie tried to make things work. Mm-hmm. But on June 23rd, after a couple of months, they called it quits. Yeah. The marriage was over. And they started divorce proceedings, which in North Carolina is no small thing. I had a friend get divorced in North Carolina. They have like a crazy waiting period. They have a year waiting period, which is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact, Kansas, 60 days. Gee, how would you know? (laughs) (laughs) Just fun facts from your own life. Source. (laughs) My own divorce. (laughs) Source, I am an expert. I was officially divorced on the 61st day. (laughs) So Kevin was devastated. He'd had a great marriage, and then it was gone. And yes, his wife was definitely partly to blame, but so was Greg. Kevin and what? What? Okay. What? Greg was to blame? Partly, sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because they'd been perfectly happy. Mm. And then, well, hold on, and then Greg enters the picture, and then they're not happy. Okay. Okay. Therefore, <laughs> all Greg's fault. <laughs> but what can you do? It sounds like he sued him. Well, yeah, yeah. Greg sh- looked himself in the mirror. We're not to that part yet. Okay, okay. <laughs> Turns out, in some states, you can actually sue your spouse's lover. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Unpack that noise you made. I don't really know how to explain it. 
<laughs> it's like a surprise and judgment uh, and both and that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> what you can sue them for is alienation of affection. Mm. And our boy Kevin just happened to be in one of those states. Can I have a list of the states? You will have a list, but I, I'm going to have you and Norman guess which states, because okay. I think it's kind of fun. Okay. Okay, but we're going to pause here for a brief lesson in the law with your girl, Kristen, who did one semester of law school. <laughs> <laughs> so these laws are sometimes called homewrecker laws. Ooh. I know. Ooh. They're also called heart balm Laws heart, like heart balm, like lip balm, like balm for your heart because your Ooh, heart like was the broken. money is going to fix your heart. Uh 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 uh, undo it. <laughs> <laughs> I was very confused about what was happening. <laughs> did you think I was having a stroke? I did. I was real worried. What song was I doing? It's a I Carrie Underwood it. song, right? Yeah, maybe. You stole my happy. You made me cry. Blah 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 blah. blah Took blah, me for a ride. I'm gonna sue me you. Do it. <laughs> undo it. What's the name of the song? Na, 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 na. That's it's Carrie. Called, it's Carrie called Underwood. Undo It by Carrie Underwood. By Carrie Underwood. Also, <sighs> also by Kristen and Brandy. <laughs> I'll add it. So, these laws are like fucking old. They come all the way back from England, mm-hmm. and this was back when the courts. Viewed women as property. Yes. Yes. Long, long time ago. <laughs> Yesterday. <laughs> so this was like, just like you could sue someone for like stealing your mule or whatever, you could sue someone for stealing your wife. Okay. Um, and nowadays there are still a few states that have these laws on the books, but you know, now it's got like a modern twist because these days women can do anything and we can sue a lady or whoever for stealing our spouse. That too. was my question. So, Can you do it the opposite yeah, yeah, way? Yeah. Okay. So I have six states written down here, but I thought there were seven. Oh well. Brandy, yes. you get three guesses. Okay. And Norman, you get three guesses as to which states in the United States you can sue someone for alienation of affection. Georgia. No. Ooh. That's one. Alabama. Nope. Mm. Mississippi. Yes. <laughs> Got one. Okay, Norman, can you do better than Brandy? Florida. No, but that's a very good guess. Texas. No, another good guess. Louisiana. No, you struck out. Oh, I feel so bad for you. <laughs> and I'm sorry, how come Norm's were, oh, great guess. Nice try, honey bear. And <laughs> mine were, oh, no, no. Yeah, you got one. You know, we're a couple with it. <laughs> we're a couple with a mutual friend, Brandy. Yes, we are. Mutual friend. We are. <laughs> you know, we just talked about this at lunch. Yeah. Well, first of all, let me tell the yes, states. Yes. Yeah, tell us the states. Okay. So the the states that still have these laws: Hawaii, Mississippi, mm. New Mexico, South Dakota, Utah, and North Carolina. So no, we talked about this at lunch a yeah. little bit about like, would you feel uncomfortable if? Your spouse, like, touched or went out with someone Some of, this, of the opposite sex. Like, what, yeah. what level of Assuming contact? Assuming that you're straight, yeah. I guess. What level of contact with someone, yeah, of the orientation that you yeah. are, like. <laughs> I know, that's it. It is, it is a difficult to, but, um, yeah, so, like, yeah, if you're into, if you're into dudes, if it was another dude who's not your spouse, like, what level of contact would you be comfortable with your spouse having contact with? I told Norman that I expect him to be, like, the bubble boy. 
<laughs> no, let no one more than three feet. That's right. <laughs> yeah, whenever yeah. like a waitress comes to take my order, I'm like, back off. I can't talk to you. Yeah, Kristen orders Married. all of Norm's meals. <laughs> really, it's just because he did, did that embarrassing thing at the Gold Knox that one time. What did he do? Remember he ordered the, the pot of cream or whatever. <laughs> What did he do? I can't remember what you said he called it, but... The pot of cream. Yeah, yeah it was your guys' dessert. Oh, oh. yeah, so... Oh, my God. I do remember this now. I'm cringing. It was our anniversary. Tell the story. I was looking at their dessert menu, and it was in French. It was like... In my defense, it was, it was in like, French. It was like, le cream de, de pot or something. <laughs> and uh, it, you know, it was a delicious dessert cream with like chocolate in it and whatnot and so he said well, what dessert you want i said i'll have the pot of cream because that's what it translates to right the truth is that norman had had one long island iced tea that night i did and was feeling wild. he made a very strong long island. My, one of my fa- one of my favorite mixed drinks made norman, it very strong only handle one yeah. <laughs> Norman I got messed up. Drank one, whipped up his shirt, danced at the bar, and then asked for a pot of cream. I don't know why I was embarrassed. Thought it was funny. It was funny. Pot of cream. So, in order to win an alienated an alienation of affection case, yes, you have to number one prove that you and your spouse had a happy marriage before this third party intervened, Excellent. and then Check. you have to prove that this third party wrecked your marriage. Check. <laughs> Technically, the for Kevin, I mean, right? I'm clearly talking about Kevin. Obviously, obviously, yes. (laughs) Technically, the third party does not have to be a home wrecking hoe, although it almost always is. It can actually just be like, let's say you've got an in law who intervenes in your marriage, or like, yeah, it can technically be anyone. It doesn't have to be like a lover. Yeah, because alienation of affection could mean something different. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, But you know, these cases are almost always about the home wrecking hoes. Like, yes. Greg, I love calling men hoes. I do. <laughs> Back to Kevin. Kevin was very upset about his marriage ending, and he wanted to do something about it. Excellent. So he looked himself in the mirror, and he said, Let's go to court! He hired a... <laughs> Norm is so over us. I know! <laughs> are you going to tell us we're not even famous? <laughs> no one even knows who you are. Continue. Wow. He hired attorney Cynthia Mills. So Cynthia is like a big fan of this alienation of affection law. She's been practicing law for 31 years, and she said she's done at least 30 of these cases. So meanwhile, in all these articles, other attorneys are like, what the fuck is this? She's like, oh, yeah, big fan. Yeah. Do these all the time. Which is kind of interesting because this is... These laws are very controversial. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons... Well, actually, let's pause. Why do you think these laws might be controversial? Because how can you blame a third party for... Sure. Yeah. Sure, that's one reason. Yeah. Here's another reason okay. that lawyers hate taking these cases on. Particularly when it comes to someone, a couple who has children... In order to make your case, you have to do the discovery process. You have to do all these depositions. It's entered into the court record. It becomes a public document. Mm -hmm. And so what you basically have is a very detailed, gross public document about your parents' affair that a child can then go look up later. Yeah, that's rough. 
Is there a high case of fraud in these instances? I don't think so, mostly because they're so uncommon as it is. I think if you're going to take this to a court, like... You gotta have your ducks in a row. But Kevin wanted to move forward with the case, and by this point he and Julie had divorced. So the only thing left from his marriage was this showdown with Greg. Like I said, a lot of people think these laws are ridiculous, and Greg appeared to be one of those people. So here's the tough thing. Greg has not done any interviews that I could find, Mm -hmm. but it appears, based on what I read, that he did not grasp the gravity of this situation. Because you may think a law is ridiculous, but But it's still a law. It's still a law, and you still broke it. Oh. Um, He decided to represent himself in court. I think it's ridiculous that I have to drive 25 miles per hour on a street where there's nothing, but... If they catch me going 50 on that road, I've still broken the law. Yeah, you're still going to pay. Yes. When it was time for his deposition. So he represents himself. Yeah. Great move, huh? No. Oh, but you haven't heard about his background. As a lawyer? He's a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why would you? Of the law? No. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you ever represent yourself? That is crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. When it was time for his deposition, Kevin's lawyer says that Greg laughed. Mm, Not a great look. Nope. And so she was like, do you find something funny about this process? And he was like, yeah, I think it's funny that I'm getting sued for this. He seemed to think that this was all some big, big joke. But Greg wasn't laughing for long. Do you know what came of this case? Does this case sound familiar? uh, It made big headlines. Yeah, I think I know. On August 19th, 2019, a Superior Court judge in Pitt County, North Carolina, made national headlines by ordering Greg Jernigan to pay Kevin Howard $750,000 in damages. And he's a teacher, so... So that money's going to come quick and... (laughs) It'll take him 200 years to pay. (laughs) Here's the deal. If Greg can't pay, then it becomes debt owed, and it appears on his credit report. I'm kind of curious as to how this works. Like, So I guess he can't buy a house or... Yeah. I mean... (laughs) Some people were like, oh, it's just, you know, he's never going to collect on this. It's just a piece of paper. But I mean... That's still a debt owed. That's, yeah. I mean, that. Wow. So Kevin probably won't get any actual money from this, but he says that's okay. He just wanted the moral victory. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some people, like this, this verdict came out in August, like I said, and this has kind of reinvigorated a conversation around it. Some people say that these laws need to be repealed because... It takes up the court's time. Yeah. And the victims, even if you do get a judgment in your favor, you hardly ever collect. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's necessarily a reason to repeal them. Yeah. But that is the story of a man who sued his wife's lover. And I am curious to know what we all think of this because, like, I started out one way. I changed my opinion. I'm kind of like, loosey-goosey. I feel like you should be able to sue for this. But then I think about this, its roots in property and all that. And then I yeah. think, well, I don't, I don't know. 
I'm so confuddled. I have to tell you, like, with my experience in in this area, like, I never once blamed the other woman. Yeah. Like, didn't even cross my mind to... Well, you're a great person. Well, I'm, I'm not. About me. I'm not. I'm just <laughs> saying. And never even, like, crossed my mind to be pissed at her. Yeah. I See, mean, that's kind of how I feel, too. Yeah. Because in this case... She, she didn't owe me anything. Yeah. My spouse is who owed me his loyalty and did not... Right. ...follow through on that. Yeah. Right. And that's how I feel about this case, is that she owed... She owed her loyalty to Kevin. Yeah. And she broke it, but she's not the one getting sued. Exactly. It also comes from a position of the like because it is rooted in you know a woman is property mm-hmm. that like they're powerless and they mm-hmm. were like seduced. Right. Away. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. That's true. She couldn't even help it. I think it's a silly law, but it is a law. It's in the books. But should it be off the books? Do you think Probably. we should reveal it? It's kind of stupid. Yeah, it's definitely, it definitely seems old-timey to me. Here's what oh, should, it is for here, sure. Here's what should happen. Yeah. This, you should be able to sue the spouse? You shouldn't be able to sue the spouse, but when you go through a divorce, it should, it should take into account cheating Yeah, because there are no-fault states, mm-hmm. and oh, I think yeah. that is stupid. Yeah. Do you think the no-fault thing is just because, like, if they didn't have no fault, then stuff would get tied up in courts for years just to like prove that somebody had been cheating. Yeah, but think about this. Think about being in a no fault state. Mm-hmm. Okay. So think about uh, a married couple, a husband and wife. The wife is the breadwinner. Right. The husband has an affair. Yeah. They're in a no-fault state. And so the wife who files for divorce and was the one who was cheated on now has to pay alimony to the person who cheated on her. That would... Oh. Yeah. I don't know that I could recover. Right? I mean... And that's my problem with no-fault. No-fault states. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, there's no justice in that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Yeah. You'd see me on one of those murder for hire (laughs) date lines. Oh, that'd be awful. Yeah. Wouldn't that be awful? I think so. I don't know if I ever told you this. When I first moved to North Carolina and I was doing my job search, I I was looking for like any kind of gig I could get. Yeah. And there was this lady who said she needed a babysitter. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, cool. So we met up. Did I tell you this story? I don't think so. This This is like the saddest story. So we met up at this diner for like the interview thing. And she was, like, very, very pregnant, like, seven months pregnant or uh-huh. something. And she told me that the reason she needed a babysitter was because she had a two-year-old, she had one on the way, and, like, a year ago, one of her best friend's husband died. Mm-hmm. And so she felt really bad for the best friend, so they started, like, having the best friend over to the house <gasps> more. Yeah, you see where this is going. Started having the best friend over to the house more and more, like, you know, just to make sure she was doing okay, make sure she wasn't lonely. Then one day, the woman comes home when she, like, wasn't supposed to come home, walks into her own bedroom. and Her, her best hu- friend and her husband banging. Mm-hmm. <gasps> yep. Oh, no. Yeah. I would die. So she told me that story in a diner, and she was crying. I was crying. I bet! I mean, I just, like, I... 
Oh, man. Oh, no. And in situations like that, I'm like, you should be able to sue everyone. Yes! <laughs> Burn it to the ground. <laughs> no, I think you guys are right. I think these laws are silly. They need to be taken away. But I just. Yeah. I think suing is like. Yeah, I think it's too far because it's like, re- yeah, relationships end. Sometimes they don't work out. Mm-hmm. But when there's a legally binding contract as marriage is, yeah. then there should be consequences for it when you break the contract. Yeah, so that's, I feel like that's my biggest problem with the law is that Greg made no promise to Kevin. Right. They had no contract. Right. Yet he is being That's a really good punished. Point. Yeah. I wonder also what people think about attorneys who take on these cases, because it occurred to me as I was writing this that like, okay, so Kevin's probably not going to get any money from this, Mm -hmm. but he racked up a ton of legal fees. Yeah. So does that mean that the only people who are going to profit are Are the the lawyers? Yeah. Well, and I mean, Greg didn't even get an attorney. Yeah. That's shitty. Yeah. Mm. You were going to say something? I was going to say the the only part of this that I feel satisfaction about is that Greg thought it was hilarious and then he got <clears throat> destroyed in court. <laughs> it represented himself. Got too cocky. Uh, yeah. Yeah. See, I'm a little coward. Anything legal comes in the mail. I, I whimper and cower in fear. Well, yeah, of course. Remember that time we got that letter from MLB? Major League Baseball, yeah. What'd you get a letter from MLB for? For my, I made a documentary on when Nintendo bought the Seattle Mariners. Uh-huh. And, uh, they, uh, so I was in contact with MLB about getting some footage licensed and they were yeah. taking forever yeah. to get back with me. And I talked it over with some friends and they're like, it's fair use. You can use yeah. MLB footage. It's documentary. Mm-hmm. So I put clips of M- old MLB clips yeah. from like the eighties. Yeah. Well, they found the video and they sent a cease and desist <gasps> to our house. It was so scary. And oh they said, gosh. "Take it down. Take it. Take down all evidence that you made the video, and sign this letter." Did you pee yourself? Practically, I about did. <laughs> I caved. It, it's just funny to think back to us and our like, you know, little house, just yeah. making our little YouTube show. <laughs> I, know, I never thought, comes knocking. but you know, I've, I've heard horror stories, you know, people are like, Oh, I, I recorded the world series game five and they came knocking on my door. I was like, no way. No, There's MLB no way. But is yeah, nuts. they are nuts about so, it. So do you remember when there was like world series fever here? Cause the Royals went, you know, back to back two years. Yeah. People were doing like all kinds of businesses were doing giveaways for, for world series tickets. And that's against MLB rules. And a ton of small businesses here in the Kansas City area got uh-huh. cease and desist oh, letters Lord. from the MLB Lord for trying Almighty. to raffle off World Series tickets. Yeah. That's so silly. It is silly. MLB doesn't fuck around. Mm-mm. Yeah, and I, I'm i still curious how much that footage would have cost. It, must, it would have been thousands and we thousands of dollars. We could never have yeah. afforded it. I mean, yeah. that's just the bottom line. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I, I'm a little coward, baby. <laughs> Even like when I got a speeding ticket, when I got my first oh, speeding ticket. Yeah. Did you cry? I didn't cry, but I was like scared to death. <laughs> but it was literally you walk in and they're like, guilty, you pay you hundred uh-huh. bucks and I was gone. You had to make a court appearance? Yeah. I thought you chose to make a court appearance. No, you never would have chose that, would you? 
Well, so... I think you you were going to try to argue no, it. No, 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 no. Um, and then I got there and I peed my pants. No, I... <laughs> if I did, leave. No, I had to go. Peace. I don't know why, but for some reason I had to go. <laughs> and uh, it was in Virginia, cause it, mm-hmm. but I lived in North Carolina. See, I had to drive up to Virginia and Maybe that's go why. to court. Maybe because you had an out-of-state license? That might be why. Oh, but I was scared to death. <laughs> I was a young boy, new to the world, didn't know what to do. So anyway, if if uh, Kevin had sent a uh, and a, a, a deposition and to me, cease and desist, I'm fucking my yeah. wife. Yes. <laughs> cease and des- please cease, cease and, and desist, desist fucking from my fucking wife. my wife. Erase all evidence that you fucked my wife. <laughs> Now, if you want to pay to fuck my wife. Whoa. Now, that's an interesting marriage. Well, essentially, isn't that what he ended up doing? That's a... Oh, that's... Really, oh, wow! You're right in a way. Basically, yeah. That's some expensive sex. Yes. It's like he got a huge cable bill, and he's like, I'm not paying this bill. And it'll just, like, sit in his permanent record forever. Yes. Did you guys hear about your permanent record when you were a kid? No. No. Mm-mm. Like, this is going in your permanent this record. This will go down on your permanent record. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. no. That was a big thing in the show Doug. Do you remember yeah. Doug? <laughs> Mr. Bone would always threaten. <laughs> Doug <laughs> sucked. Okay, I have to say, David and I wanted to watch, like, just something stupid on TV the other day, and so I picked Doug. And no, we started, Randy. like, from the very beginning. First oh episode? Oh, God. When they that moved was, to Bluffington? Yeah, it was boring as fuck. Yeah, Doug is a terrible show. <laughs> it was a terrible show. It is a terrible show. Norm, don't cry. It's just the truth. I feel like my heart is splitting right now. And then, so, uh, wait, is that the same one with the... Or did we watch two episodes? I think we the nematode. Watched, yeah, with the nematode. Yeah, is that the same? Is that same the first episode? episode? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now, to be fair, it's the first episode. Oh uh, yeah, did it get better? Trying. It gets way better. The first episode is not that good. It is kind of boring. Not. It was super boring. Because Doug's like, well, "What do I do? I guess I'll walk down and get burgers." And he walks down to Honker Burger. Yeah. Skeeter helps him order. It steps on fucking it's ketchup. Kinda, it's kind of slow. Like three ups- times he steps on ketchup, Kristen. It upsets me greatly that you two. Can recite this episode, of Doug. Well, so she just, I watched, just it. watched it. Well, that's a shame. <laughs> that, you shouldn't admit that. Okay, I'm gonna um, bring it down here a bit. Do you need to pee first, Christian, or how, how's the bladder feeling? The bladder is feeling great. Well, okay. Now, anytime someone says bladder, I think of the fatty Arbuckle I case, know. and I think of it being blown to bits. Oh, yeah. Poor Virginia Rap. Oh, poor fatty. I know. Nobody won in that story. No. Especially Fatty, who would not appreciate that you were calling him Fatty now. I'm sorry, Roscoe. Roscoe, yes. Sorry, Roscoe. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be like another sledgehammer thing? There are no sledgehammers involved. There's a murder. Okay. <laughs> okay. You've had a lot of gamer cases lately. Yeah. You Nora, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to keep you interested. It's a it's tough working. job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember how I heard about this case. I can't. Mm. Oh, you know what? I think you talked about how your worst job GameStop. was GameStop, and I was under. I looked up to see if GameStop was ever oh. involved in any kind of lawsuits or anything. Didn't find what I was looking for, but I found this case. 
So this comes almost entirely from an episode of Dateline that was done by Keith Morrison. Oh, oh. what a dreamboat! Oh, love him. All right, are we ready? I am. <laughs> uh, which I guess I should mention the gift you got me today. <laughs> Kristen got me a Keith Morrison pop socket. <laughs> amazing <laughs> so you mentioned it on the podcast that those things exist yes so i ordered one for you and then you know how norman and i roll if a package arrives norman just trip rips into it <laughs> and so norman is not a keith morrison fan the way we are so he just was like who's this old Why white this dude, old dude on this <laughs> no, no that's not accurate i know who keith morrison is you are, do you mean to tell me that when you saw this pop socket, you immediately were like, that is Keith Morrison? That yes. is Dateline's Keith yes, Morrison? Yes, I know who Keith Morrison is. Really? I just thought it was strange he was Who's on a pop stepson? socket. Yeah. Who? I don't know. He's a famous stepson. I don't know. Chandler from Friends. Really? Yeah. Yes. Did not know that. Thank you for that piece of trivia. <laughs> Who's Brandy's least favorite Dateline correspondent? Okay. Why is my throat keep making that know. noise? Is it like former or current? Current. I don't know. She says it. Okay, so I feel really bad about this because he works really hard, obviously, and people like him. I hate even saying this because... Oh, well, then let's not say it. I want to know now. Okay, I will say, I was really harsh on him the last time we talked about this. You I will be less harsh. He's my least favorite Dateline reporter. Josh Mankiewicz. Okay, I don't know who that is. Okay. You need to watch more Dateline, Norman, is the bottom line. I just don't really watch Dateline. The only time I watch Dateline was when, was when you're at, we're at your parents' house. So, okay, the reason I'm having the change of heart here on Josh Mankiewicz Why? is because, okay, we, I listened to the thing about Pam. Fucking loved it. Yeah. So good. Keith Morrison could read me the fucking phone book and I'd listen to it. Love it. I went in and read some of the reviews for the thing about Pam. And people are like, what's up with this narrator? Like, they, I they hated him. I know. I was like, who the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so then I thought about, like, maybe people feel that way about Josh Mankiewicz. Maybe people are like, really love Josh Mankiewicz, and I was here talking shit about him. And I felt really bad. Okay. <laughs> so, Josh Mankiewicz, if you're listening, <laughs> thank you. Welcome to the podcast. And I'm so sorry for those things that I said about you last time. All right. Sure. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. Bored already? I haven't I'm even started, so Chris. sorry. <laughs> I'll just talk about Doug. <laughs> you don't like Patty Mayonnaise? No, I thought the whole cast was Pork lame. Chop? That it was super Roger? boring. The Skeeter worst. Valentine? BB Bluff? So stupid. Do you think Skeeter's supposed to be black? Is that like Skeeter's 100% blue? black. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't believe, I can't believe Jim Jenkins even like argued that. He said he's not? He's like, I don't, I, I made the cast a variety of colors so we can all you know love the differences about each other uh, he's like no one definitely supposed to be black yeah 100 <laughs> percent. i i do i do think that those characters are all different races but what unites them is that they're all so boring <laughs> <laughs> okay it's monday january 29th 2007 we're in san antonio texas Mariano Rivera, which is now my favorite name. It's beautiful. Like, it is just nice. flows yeah. really nicely. I love it. The famous pitcher for the New York Yankees? No, different Mariano Rivera. Okay. <laughs> um, he was the manager of a GameStop video game store. And he was 
at his store doing his regular Monday morning routine. And his routine was simple. He And this was like the same thing that all of the managers within the chain followed. Monday morning, you come in at 9. The store doesn't open till 10. You do your bank deposit from the weekend. Like you get that out of the safe. You take it to the bank. You come back. You get the store all phased. Put out any new displays. Whatever. Ready to go for business at 10. So he did all of that. And everything went just like it normally does. No problems. He got the deposit made, store open on time, all of that. It wasn't until later that morning that Mariana received a call from his district manager. Something was up with a sister store a few miles away. It wasn't open, and the district manager couldn't get a hold of the store manager, Amber Belkin. Amber was a 25-year-old, very petite. We're talking like 5'2", 100 pounds. Same. Uh, (laughs) She was a very cute young woman, but more importantly, she was extremely reliable. It was super out of character for her not to have her store open. The district manager asked Mariano to drive to Amber's store and see what was going on. And so Mariano did as he was asked. And... If he was being honest, he was a little bit concerned. He knew Amber fairly well, and this was not like her. So Mariano arrived at Amber's store, the EB Games, located at (gasps) 7313 San Pedro Avenue, San Antonio. So according to Google, this is now a Jimmy John's, Mm. but at the time it was an EB Games. Norm. Yes. Are there any EB games around anymore? I believe they are in Canada still. Okay. Okay. So EB games is owned by GameStop. Okay. And so... I'm sorry. I just burped right into the microphone. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) So these are under the same parent company, but they don't... Like, uh, Mariano runs a GameStop. Amber runs an EB games. Gotcha. Did you pull up the... Are you looking at the strip center now? I'm looking. There appears to be a Jimmy John's. There appears to be a Starbucks. So remember, as far as the eye can see. Okay, remember the Starbucks. I will remember the Starbucks. Um, Also remember the the Alamo. (laughs) (laughs) We're in San Antonio, Kristen. Remember the Alamo. I will. (laughs) Okay, so he pulls up to the store and just a quick note. Yeah. Did you know back in the day you could just walk into the Alamo (laughs) and just like talk to anybody you wanted? You could go. You could just talk to Davy Crockett. Davy Crockett was right in there. Nowadays, you have to get an appointment with Davy oh. Crockett. <laughs> so annoying. Anyway, continue. <laughs> oh, everybody drink. Brandy lost her place. <laughs> sure enough, he pulls up and the store is closed. But Amber's car was in the parking lot. Mariano tried the door, but it was locked. And he kind of looked in through the window, but the store was dark, obviously. Um, And he couldn't really make out anything that seemed out of the norm. He called Amber's phone a couple times, but there was no answer. He reported all of this to the district manager and then returned to his store. Later that afternoon, like around two, Mariano received another call from the district manager. This time he was like, hey, we still haven't heard from Amber. Can you head back over to her store? Something is definitely up. Check her car. Check the back door. Call me when you get there. Mm -hmm. So Mariano goes back to the store. And this time something was different. When he looked through the window, he could see Amber's assistant manager, Brandon, standing behind the counter, just kind of looking around. 
In a closed store. In a closed store. The store's still closed. The door's still locked. The lights are off. But Brandon is standing there behind the counter looking very confused. So Mariano, like, knocks on the door. Brandon comes over and lets him in. And as soon as Mariano walks in the store, he sees that, like, something is fucking wrong here. Mm -hmm. There are video games all over the floor. It is a mess. There has definitely been a struggle as he walks over behind the counter. Like the the till from the register is open. The rolled coins are out on the counter, but there's no cash in the drawer or anything. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, to Brandon, he's like, what's what's going on? Right. And Brandon's like, I'm, I don't know. I just got here. And he's like, you just got here? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, okay, is is Amber here? And he's like, I, I don't know. And he's like, well, her car's in the parking lot. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, but you have, you didn't, have you checked the back of the store or anything? And he's like, no, man, I just got here. Mm-hmm. He's like, you didn't notice like that it's a fucking mess in here? Well, well now hold on. Brandon had, I don't know. <laughs> Brandon had just walked in, right? Genuinely? I mean, that's what he's saying. Okay, okay, gotcha. So Mariano runs to the back of the store, kind of like where the office is. Yeah. And he opens the door to the office, and there's Amber Belkin oh. on the floor. Her hands are duct taped behind her back, and there's a bag over her head. Oh, my God. A plastic bag. She has been killed. He obviously calls the police, and the police come, and as soon as they get there, they immediately call... Um, this detective, Raymond Roberts, a.k.a. Ray Bob. Oh, That's what he goes by. No, no. <laughs> Ray Bob. And um, side note, I have not actually seen this episode of Dateline. I've only listened to it. So uh-huh. I've only heard the audio. I've never actually seen what he looks like. But he sounds exactly like Danny McBride. <laughs> <laughs> and that nickname is kind of, I've got to say, if, if a loved one of mine died, and yeah. people were like, don't worry, we've got Ray we've Bob, got Ray on, Bob the on the job. Yeah. I would not feel great. Ray Bob was the first call that police made. They were like, this is the guy you want investigating this crime. Well, who the fuck else do they have on the force? <laughs> okay, anyway. Sorry, Ray Bob. I'm sure you're great. I'm sure you're the hero of this story. So Ray Bob comes and he's like checking out the scene. And there has very clearly been a robbery, a struggle, and a murder. They assess the situation. Like $1,900 in cash is missing. Wow. The deposit had never been taken. Okay. So some point, so what they know is that Amber texts her boyfriend at 9.08 a.m. and said, I love you. And then she disarmed the alarm at the store at like 9.12. But her phone had been left in her car. So she was like very clearly planning to go into the store, grab the deposit, and immediately come back out and take it to the bank. She never made it back out to her car because her phone was still sitting on the front seat. And um, so someone had done this from that time at 912. And then it was already done by the time, essentially, by the time Mariano got there to check the store for why it wasn't open. The person was already gone. Mm-hmm. Or was he? Was it Brandon? Mm-hmm. Was it? Perhaps. So... Ray Bob starts looking into, like, what they know. They know that this store is the only EB Games or GameStop in the San Antonio area that doesn't have security cameras. 
Oh, boy. And it's the no other store in the Strip has security cameras either, with the exception of Starbucks. Starbucks has one security camera, but it like goes directly on their front door. So uh-huh. there are no cameras here whatsoever. And right. so he's like, this is definitely was a targeted store. Yes. And it's somebody who knows, who has inside knowledge of this business. It's definitely Brandon. Yes. It's definitely Brandon. That's exactly what Ray Bob says. And then they start looking into Ray Bob's, or I'm sorry, Brandon's work history. And it turns out that he and Amber had been butting heads. He hadn't worked there very long. He did not get along. He didn't like her management style. They did not get along well. And that very day, Amber had prepared a final write-up. It was his last warning. She was going to present it to him that day. He was going to sign it. It was going to get turned into corporate. And whatever, you know, whatever discretions he had, that was his final warning. And if he did it again, he was gone. Is he a red herring in this story? Right now, he's our prime suspect, Kristen. Okay. He's got, he would be for me. Smells like a red herring. Because as a key holder, you do know. You the inner access, workings, yeah, yeah. You have the security camera footage. You know if there's if it's there or not. Plus, just the fact that she was in the back, yeah, which is always locked at a yep. GameStop. So someone put her back there. Nope. Mm-hmm. And she was dead, which means like if somebody's going to rob a store, yeah, they're probably not going to kill the person. They well, just that's want the exactly money. It. That was the first thing that Ray Bob said. He's like, you don't. Yeah, you don't kill. Someone. You don't kill someone for this robbery. This robbery is a cover up for the murder. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so, the thing that really, like, made um, Ray Bob like Brandon for the crime was that he knew the exact window when Amber would have pulled the money out of the safe and had it to take it to the bank, and he would have attacked her like right at that time to be able to at least you know get something out of it but he did not believe that robbery was the motive he believed that brandon had murdered amber because he was going to lose his job i don't know that it's worth it to murder someone over a job at gamestop not definitely not Mm -hmm. so the investigation's kind of moving along and um it's Word of this body being found inside the EB Games spread through town really quickly. And Amber's parents, Randy and Lee, um, had some connections in law enforcement. And so they got a call really quickly that something was going on at Amber's store once her body had been located. But, like, they didn't know what had happened. They heard that a body had been found there. And so Randy immediately gets in his truck and goes to drive to Amber's store. Yes, And he calls his friend, who's a defense attorney, and he's like, this is what I know. Can you call around? and see what you can find out, like what happened here. And he's afraid that his daughter has discovered a body in her store and that she is going to be traumatized by it. And it's like as he's pulling into the parking lot of her store that he gets a call back from his friend who's the defense attorney and is like, Randy, I've got some really terrible news. Yeah. It's Amber. Amber was Randy and Lee's only child and they like had completely doted on her. She'd had a pretty easy life, very privileged, but she was like a amazing human being as a result of it. Like she'd help anybody. She'd give you the shirt off her back. She loved animals. She was always like bringing home stray animals and then like Mm -hmm. adopting them out and stuff. They were crushed by this. 
And they were pretty sure that Brandon was the one who had done it because Amber had had a conversation with her mother that day about how she was going to write Brandon up and how she felt really nervous about how he was going to react to it. Hmm. But she just had to do it. Ray Bob's like zeroed in on Brandon. Mm -hmm. Starts watching his behavior. He brings him in. He interrogates him. He checks into this alibi that he says he has. He said that morning he got up and he went and helped his fiance's parents move a kitchen island into their kitchen. A likely story. No one's ever put an island in a kitchen. No. (gasps) And he says that he didn't even know that Amber had written him up. He didn't know anything about that. And even if she had, like, okay. It's a job at GameStop. It's a job at GameStop, (laughs) yeah. So he's, like, telling this whole story about how he doesn't know anything about it. And his behavior at the store that day, how he'd been standing there and hadn't even bothered to look for Amber, he had an explanation for that. Shock? He'd just gotten there, and he was like, fuck, was I the one that was supposed to open? He thought that he had messed up. He got there and he was sure that he had read the schedule wrong and that he was the one who was the result of the store not being open yet. And he was like, I'm going to get fucking fired. Okay, see, that's why initially I wasn't so weird about Brandon, because I don't think it's that weird to walk into a store that's a mess and be like, whoa. Yeah. And just kind of stand there for a minute and not know what to do. Yeah. As for his behavior about not even noticing that fucking shit was missing and that there were games on the floor, he had an explanation for that, too. Okay, well, that is stupid. You have to notice that. He assumed that the closer the night before hadn't done their duties and had left the place a mess. It had been a Sunday, which is it would be a busy day. Mm-hmm. And he'd assumed that they'd been busy right up to close and that the person was like, fuck this, I'm out of here. Leaving the cleanup for the opener. How messy was it? That I don't know. Okay. Am I, See, am, I, am I an idiot for thinking this guy might be... Mm, okay. I don't know. Ray Bob's pretty sure he did it. So, I don't know exactly how how messy the store was. And Ray Bob kept saying that um, there were DVD games all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ray Bob. Oh, Ray Bob. But in all, there was, did I already say this? There was $1,900 in cash right. stolen and then about an additional $4,000 in merchandise. So video game consoles, video DVD games, games, DVD games, <laughs> whatever the fuck that My is. My favorite kind of games are the DVD games. <laughs> um, so this person who had robbed this store and killed Amber had gotten off with about $6,000 worth of goods and cash. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Brandon is maintaining his innocence. Um, he goes to Amber's funeral, mm-hmm. and his mo- and her mom is disgusted. She can't believe that he would have the gall to show his face there. If he did it, why would he come back to the scene and not call the cops? Wouldn't there be like a phony nine one one call from him? Maybe. I mean, I don't mean to give anybody tips. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me write this down, Kristen. <laughs> so they um, subject Brandon to several interrogations. They execute a sor- search warrant on his home. They bring in his fiance for questioning because she's part of his alibi. And they like 
set her down with Ray Bob. They put Brandon with like their their like most skilled interrogator who's got like this special style that gets even the hardest criminal to And crack. his name was Jimmy Dean. <laughs> it was actually a woman. <laughs> her name was Barbara Ann. Oh, you're no, kidding. I don't know what her name was. <laughs> don't excite me like that, Brandy. <laughs> But nothing. They tell they tell his fiance, how does it feel every night to be sleeping next to a murderer? Oh good lord. They lay it on thick, don't they? Yeah. Ray Bob is like keep an eye on him all the time. Do not let him get out of town. And then they get his phone records back. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time of Amber's death, he was miles away. Well, there you go. His alibi was solid as a rock. It could not possibly have been him. And then they finally cleared Brandon on this episode. Can uh, you imagine? So Keith Morrison asks him, he's like, how did that feel? And he's like, they never even told me I was cleared. They never even told me. And Keith Morrison's like, so you just every day you thought this is the day that they're going to come charge me with murder. And he's like, yes, I thought for sure every day I was going to be charged with murder. So the case goes cold. They have essentially no evidence. They've got no video surveillance. They've got no witnesses. They've got a few partial fingerprints that they took at the scene, but this is a video game store where Mm -hmm. people are in and out all the time. They have no idea who these fingerprints belong to. Yeah. They could be anybody's. Did they crack down on all the local nerds? (laughs) (laughs) They questioned everyone with a loyalty card. (laughs) (laughs) Who enjoys DVD video games? (laughs) Norman, you missed that. (laughs) Yeah, Ray Bob kept calling the stuff in the store DVD video games. That's just, I mean. (laughs) You get where he's coming from. He's kind of right on some games. They are are on DVDs, but (laughs) it's a weird thing to say. Yes. It's like when your mom is like, calls every single video game a Nintendo. (laughs) Oh, he's just down there playing his Nintendo. Nintendo. It's 2015. He's got an <laughs> Xbox. <laughs> so the case goes cold. They have nothing to go on. A hundred thousand dollar reward is offered in the case. Ninety five thousand of which was put up by EB Games. Wow. Yeah. Um, they put up billboards like asking for people to call in. This thing was like a a very big news topic in the San Antonio area. I'm sorry, you said 100,000, right? 100,000, okay. yeah. For some reason, I thought you said 100 bucks, and I was like, that no, sounds no. very low. <laughs> 100,000. Games, games put up $95. Can <laughs> you believe it? I was about to rip into EB, like, come on, EB. That was $95 in store credit. Did <laughs> <laughs> you buy you half of one DVD video game? <laughs> Actually, if, if it was EB Games, GameStop, they'd give you like $5. Not 95 <laughs> So Randy and Lee, Amber's parents, um, and then Amber had these two really close girlfriends. Like they were all canvassing the city constantly, handing out posters and flyers, looking for any kind of a break in the case. I would canvass the shit out of Kansas City for you. I'm just Thank saying. you. I would do the same for you. I know you would. <laughs> and then Ray Bob got a call. Someone knew who killed Amber. But he didn't want to give his name. Okay. He said, just call me Joe. But I know who killed Amber. And Ray Bob's like, okay, buddy, what do you got for me? Mm-hmm. And he's like, 
Giovanni Rivera killed Amper. And he's like, gonna need some more. Gonna need you to give me some ID. Gonna need you to come down, give me an official statement. Like, right. how do I know that this is, this is legit? And the guy's like, I swear it's legit. He's my best friend. Oh. And he's like, okay, come on down and make a statement. And so he does. He comes in and this Joe guy says he and Giovanni have been best friends. They both worked at EB Games. They both worked for Amber. Oh, wow. And that a um, couple weeks ago, um, or a couple weeks before the murder, um, Giovanni had come to Joe and said, hey, let's do this robbery. And he's like, I got the perfect setup. We're going to rob EB Games. You know, there's no videotapes, nothing, no surveillance. They will be able to get in and out, no problem. Right. And we'll just, we'll, we'll tape Amber up. She's so tiny. She won't be able to fight us. It'll be super easy. In and out. We'll get a good haul. Easy job. And Joe's like, no, thanks. I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. This is not something that he had ever done before. He didn't really know why Giovanni was asking him. He, to his knowledge, Giovanni hadn't done anything like that before. Right. And so he was just like, nah, I'm out. And so that was enough information to, um, to pique Ray Bob's interest. And so Ray Bob made a couple calls. Um, he called EB Games and confirmed that both Joe and Giovanni had worked there. And then he pulled Giovanni's record to see if he had any priors. And he didn't as an adult. He had like one juvenile record, but it was like something kind of small and whatever. And he's like, nah, I don't know. I don't like this guy for murder. Like, yeah, that's quite a leap. Yeah. And so he had he ran Giovanni's fingerprints, which were in the system against what they had taken at the scene. No match. Wow. But he worked there, right? Yeah, but he didn't work there at the time. He had worked there in the past. Okay, okay, okay. And so he calls Joe back in and he's like, Joe, you know, I don't I don't like Giovanni for this. I don't see how, you know, I don't I don't see it. Yeah. And he's like, I know that he did it. He told me he did it. And he's like, okay, what? Wait, like this is more information than you gave me last time. And so now he tells him how, you know, he had asked him to do the robbery and he had said no. And then another time after it, they had been in the car together and he said, I pulled out the robbery and, you know, that thing that you've seen on the news with Amber, that that was me. And he said that he didn't even know how to react to it. He didn't know what to do because he was alone with Giovanni. And if he was capable of killing someone in a robbery, he didn't know what he could be capable of doing to him. And so he just froze. And didn't do anything. He got out of the car as quickly as he could. And then he held on to the information for a while, not knowing if he should tell on his best friend. Mm-hmm. But it just You've was constantly yeah. weighing on his conscience and he just had to tell someone. Yeah. And so Ray Bob's like, okay. All right. And so... He's like, I think I think that's enough for me to bring Giovanni in and question him. And so he brings Giovanni in, in for questioning, and and Giovanni's very nervous. But I think that's, to be, I would be nervous yeah, if the if police I asked someone. Me, even if I, I've never murdered anyone, and I think I would be nervous if the police asked me to come down for an interrogation because I know what can happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so he's super nervous. He like refuses a drink. He's like, no, my stomach's all messed up. Like, that'll make me sick. DNA. (laughs) 
And so he's like, Ray Bob's like, you know, I'm just going to come straight out with it. I like you for the murder of Amber Belkin. And Giovanni's like, whoa, I like you like as a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Not ready for that commitment. (laughs) He's like, no, man, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't know anything about that. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, well, you know, Amber. And he's like, well, I mean, I worked there for a little bit, but, you know, I don't know anything else about it. Okay, thanks. Mm -hmm. Bye. And Mm -hmm. totally clams up, won't say anything. And so they let him go. And Ray Bob is like, this is the guy. Like, after meeting him, he's like, this is the guy. This is the guy that did it. And so he's yeah. like, "I, but I don't have anything. I don't have anything to tie him to the scene. Right. And he decides he's going he's gonna to roll the dice and write up the request for an arrest warrant and a, requ- a request for his DNA and just see if a magistrate will sign off on it. Uh-huh. And so he writes it up. He takes it. And the magistrate's, like, so glad that the case is moving forward that she's, like, finally, and signs off on it. It's Ray Bob's birthday that day. And he's like, best birthday present ever. At this point, he's gotten super close to the Belkin family. Uh And he feels super close to Amber because she looks like just like his daughter. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. And so this case is super personal for him. And he talks about that on this episode of Dateline. How he's like, you can't do that with every case because it will tear you apart. But I I couldn't keep myself from doing it in this case. I was way too close to it. Yeah. And so... It's his birthday. He gets the best news ever. They've signed off on an arrest warrant and they've signed off on a warrant to get Giovanni's DNA. So he's driving. He's going to go serve these warrants. And he gets a call from his sergeant. Mm -hmm. And his sergeant's like, you're not going to like this. I don't want you to say anything. Oh, no. You got to squash those warrants. Why? The DA says we don't have enough to prosecute. He doesn't want you to execute the warrants at this time oh you gotta bury him and ray bob is crushed yeah and so there's nothing he can do get joe to wear a wire so what he does is he's like fine all right if i can't do that i'm gonna watch him and so he calls up his buddies on SWAT and has them set up outside of Giovanni's house and just watch him in like a conspicuous scare the shit out of him way. Yeah. Or I, yeah. Like just monitor his behavior. Yeah. He can know you're there, whatever. And so sometime in the meantime, I think actually before he calls SWAT, he actually ends up, um, he still has the, the warrant for the DNA. And so he's like, I'm going to go do that warrant. Uh-huh. And so he goes and he shows up at Giovanni's house and he's got the warrant for his DNA. And Giovanni immediately acts as if he's under arrest for mur- murder. <gasps> he like tells his wife he's going away. Oh, it's like a huge boy. tell. He oh. just is like deflated immediately. And then he finds out it's just for his DNA. He gives his DNA sample and then refuses to say anything else. Mm-hmm. And so they let he they had taken him down to the station to get his DNA and then they let him go, go back home. And then that's when they set up the SWAT. So SWAT is watching him and they call up Ray Bob and they're like, this dude is loading everything he owns into a car right now. <laughs> yeah. And Ray Bob's like, motherfucker, this guy is fleeing town. I just took a DNA <laughs> test, turned up. I'm a hundred percent a murderer. <laughs> and so Ray Bob rushes over there and catches him like right as they're pulling out the driveway yeah. and does like, like a, hey guys, where are you going? Yeah, he does a traffic stop and he's like, hey, where are you headed? And he's like, oh, we're just moving to Laredo. Oh, are you now? And he's like, oh, just 
just today you're you're moving to Laredo? And he's like, yeah, oh yeah, we've had this planned. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So just great, awesome. There's nothing they can do. Oh, shit. Oh. So he leaves. The, the man that Raybob is sure murdered Amber Belkin leaves town and there's nothing he can do about it. Mm. And the case just stops. There's no moving forward with it because the DA refuses to prosecute on the evidence that they have currently. There's no way to really gather any more evidence. Mm-hmm. They need someone to get firsthand information. They need a confession. That's really the only thing that's going to secure this case at this point. Yeah. But that's not going to happen. And then months go by. No progress. Amber's parents are getting so frustrated because nothing's happening. The whole city of San Antonio has become just beyond frustrated. They, they well, couldn't yeah. solve this, this case. And Ray Bob gets a call from a woman who has quite the story to tell about Giovanni Rivera. Her name is Veronica Rivera. Oh, Giovanni's wife. Okay. So she comes in and she is a mess. She is crying. She's bawling. She has had just this huge ordeal with Giovanni. So she and Giovanni met when she was in high school and she became pregnant with his child while she was in high school um, and their families um, forced them to marry. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she said from the minute that they got married, it was a terrible marriage. He was um, sexually abusive, verbally abusive. He would like duct tape her hands behind her back and force oh. her to have sex with him while their baby was in the room. Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, he would just like demand sex constantly. And she said it was just a terrible, terrible, marriage. A terrible yes. marriage. One day she remembered in January of 2007 that they were watching the news together. And there was the story of Amber being murdered inside the EB games. And she's like, oh, my gosh, that's the store you used to work at. That's your manager. Mm-hmm. And Giovanni was like, huh, what? Oh, yeah, let's change the channel. Like, mm. no interest whatsoever. Like, hey, let's check out those cowboys. See how those cowboys are doing. Yeah, like, no. Yeah, no. And that struck her as very odd. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, that's a place you used to work. It's your like, manager. It's your manager. Yeah. If you don't have any involvement in that case, you are going to be, like, watching everything you can about it. What the hell happened? Of like, course. Yes. That's, I feel like that's just human nature. Of course it is. Yeah. Someone you know gets murdered. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to yes. know the details. Yeah, because it's just like human nature to be like, for people to tie themselves to tragedies. Be like, yes. oh my gosh, I was at that quick trip one time three years ago and then someone was murdered there today. <gasps> yeah, like, it could have been, been me. me. Yes. Three years earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I just feel like that's human nature. And instead, yes. he is like, yeah, no, let me change the channel. No, you don't know anything about that. What? Huh? I'd no? love to see some new commercials I haven't seen before. Yes. Yeah. No. He doesn't say anything else about the case. He's not interested in it, whatever. Fast forward to fall of that year. And a detective comes and knocks at the door. And they're like, um, it's like very early in the morning. This is when Ray Bob came to get the DNA sample. It's very early, early in the morning. They were asleep. They were awoken by the knock on the door. Giovanni got up. And when he went to see who it was, he came back and he's like, it's the police. 
Mm-hmm. And Veronica's like, what are the police doing here? And he's like, they think I murdered someone. Uh, um, and she's like, what? Why would they, why think, would they that, think that you murdered darling? someone? And he's like, because I murdered someone. Well, fuck. Yeah. And so he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be going away. Like, mm-hmm. I think they've got me. And so she, her mind is immediately like, oh, there was an altercation, like, right, at the bar, bar, like, yeah. something like that. Like, that's immediately what comes to mind. And then she finds out that it, that that's not the case, that they want him in the, mm-hmm. in the Amber Belkin murder. And she's like, holy shit. And so, you know, he doesn't get arrested then. He comes home and he's like, we're moving to Laredo. <laughs> And she's like, what What do you mean we're moving to Laredo? And he's like, we have to move. We have to move right now. And she's like, I don't want to move to Laredo. So here's the significance about moving to Laredo. Laredo is a border town. Uh So like if the police tracked him down and came to arrest him, he could very easily, more easily than where they were living in San Antonio, cross over into Mexico and it'd be much harder to arrest him. Okay. That was the significance of moving to Laredo. Okay. So she's like, we're moving. He's like, we're moving to Laredo today. And she's like, I don't want to move to Laredo. And he's like, we are moving to Laredo today. And so she's like, okay. And she's like, uh, they're like packing the stuff up. And he, she's like, so you, you, do you want to talk more about this thing this morning? Like, uh-huh. so you said you murdered someone. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, why? Why would you do that? What? And he's like, we needed the money. Oh, come on. And she's like, we didn't need anything. No. And and so they moved to Laredo. We and needed she, money, we so needed, I had to murder someone? Yeah, we needed the money. Yes. It had just been Christmas. They were super broke. They weren't going to be able to make rent. And so he took it. Um, under his in his hands to get some money to pay rent and then get some stuff that he could sell to make more money. Mm-hmm. So they move to Laredo and things just are horrible. And finally, Veronica decides she's had enough. And she tells Giovanni she wants a divorce. And he's like, oh, you're going to divorce me? I'd be scared shitless to and divorce she a was, like that. And she was scared shitless. Yeah, okay. And he's like, oh, you're going to divorce me? And she's like, I can't live like this. Like, I, I can't. I can't do this. And he's like... Don't leave me. Don't leave me. You know, in the meantime, she had been telling him that he needed to turn himself in and she'd like get him talked into it. And then his mother would talk him out of it and be like, you can't leave your kids. You'll never see your kids if you go to prison and all of this and I'll never get to see you and whatever. And so finally, she's like, had enough. She's like, I cannot live like this. And so she tells him she wants a divorce and she's going to move back to her mother's and whatever. And so. They, he's like, go on a drive with me. Like, let's just talk this out. No. And so she gets in a car with him. And he drives her out into the middle of nowhere, no, no, Texas. No, 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 no. And then he parks the car and he locks the doors. Ooh. And he's like, all suddenly very pissed. And he reach out, reaches over and grabs a gun out of the glove compartment. And Veronica is just like bawling at this point. And she's like, please don't kill me. Please don't kill me. And he's like, I'm not going to kill you. Just do what I say. And so he forces her at gunpoint into the backseat of the car and he rapes her. Uh-huh. And then she he gets out of the car and he pulls her out of the car and he gives her the gun. And he says, you need to kill me. What? Yeah. And she's like, she's like, I can't kill you. I'm not like you. I can't do that. Yeah. And he's like, you have to kill me. You have to kill me today. And she's like, I can't kill you. If I kill you, I will go to prison for killing you and our children will have no parents. Yeah. And like that, like struck him as like logical. 
and like was like, okay, fine, but you're going to go to your mom's and I'm going to disappear. You're never going to see me again. And she's like, okay. So mm-hmm. she like gets the, like they God, put this the, poor oh, woman. Oh, this poor oh. woman, yes. So somehow he's like, you're right. Our kids can't be, you know, parentless. She, he, they get back in the car. She puts the gun back in the glove compartment. He drives her to her mother's and drops her and the kids off. And then he disappears. It was like immediately after he dropped her off with her mother that she called Ray Bob and made the statement. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. On this episode, Keith Morrison's like, what did that feel like when he dropped you off at your mom's house? And she's like, felt like I was like each step that I walked closer to the house. I was like one step closer to freedom. It was almost over. It was almost over. If I could just get in those doors. Yeah. It would be over. Wouldn't you be like. He's waiting for the bullet. Yes. Yes. And so she tells police all of this. This secures the arrest warrant. Only Giovanni Rivera, nowhere to be found. Yeah. He's disappeared off the face of the earth. Mm -hmm. They put him on the U.S. Marshals 15 most wanted fugitives list. And finally, in uh, like the fall of 2008, they track him down in Mexico. Where? Where was I don't know where he was in Mexico. So they track him down and they take him into custody in Mexico and they've got him sitting in a in in a jail jail cell in Mexico and he spills the whole story. You know, he always just puts others first. Oh, Kristen. Okay. And his family really needed money. Uh huh. And so he had to sacrifice himself to take care of his family's needs. And so he went that day to that. Sounds like he sacrificed Amber. Uh, Yeah. He went there to that EB Games that day to just get some money and some stuff to sell to be able to take care of his family. Mm -hmm. Only there was one problem. Amber recognized him immediately. Mm -hmm. So he he got the money. He tied her up. um, And she was, you know, crying. And he's like, you know, don't do anything and I won't hurt you. And he was getting ready to leave Mm -hmm. when she reached for the phone. And he was like, I couldn't let her call anyone. And so he grabbed the bag and held it tight over her face until she died. I do not buy that he was willing to let her live. I don't either. Yeah. I don't either. I don't buy it at all. But I do buy that he's just a friendly family man. Who, mm-hmm. His only crime is that he rapes his wife. Yeah. 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 What a sweetie. So... I think this is super interesting. So initially, authorities wanted to seek the death penalty against him. Mm-hmm. But Mexico will not extradite if the person is facing the death penalty. Really? Because yes. they don't have the death penalty in yes. Mexico. So they had to drop the death penalty to be able to extradite him back to the United That's States. That's fascinating. I Isn't no that idea. fascinating? I didn't know that either. Huh, okay. Yeah. So they had to drop the death penalty. And then this thing sat for like a year while the prosecution and the defense went back and forth trying to make a deal Mm -hmm. because Giovanni wanted to plead guilty. He didn't want to go to trial. He just wanted this to be over, but he also didn't want to spend the rest of his life in prison. Oh, well, we want all the things, don't we? Yeah. And so finally, the prosecution agreed to drop it from capital murder to first degree murder, which meant that he would become eligible for parole after 30 years. Mm. 
So he was ultimately sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole after 30 years. He also pled guilty to two charges of sexual assault um, against Good. Veronica. Okay. Um, so he got 20 years for each of those, but those will run concurrently. Okay. I don't so, like any of this. I don't like any of it either. So finally, at his sentencing, Amber's friends and family were able to make some statements. Mm-hmm. Um and Giovanni just like stared at them and nodded his head and made no statement of his own. Lee said that all she wanted was to go there and have Giovanni say that he was sorry. Mm-hmm. Say, you know, I'm so sorry. She didn't deserve this. You guys didn't deserve this. Yeah. But she didn't get that. No. Um, Randy said to Giovanni, Amber was our soul. You didn't kill one person. You killed three. Oh. One of Amber's friends got up and said... I'm glad you're not going to be put to death. I want you to suffer every minute of every day. And I want you to go to sleep at night and have Amber's body and what you did to her be the last thing you see. Yeah. As I mentioned, Amber's parents, she was her, their only child and they were completely destroyed by her loss. But her two very close friends have become like adopted daughters to them. Mm -hmm. They're the, the, um, Amber's parents and them remained very close. And both of her two friends have had daughters that they named after Amber. That's really cool. Yeah. Oh, Giovanni Rivera will become eligible for parole in 2038. Boo. Boo is right. Oh. Did Giovanni's friend get the $100,000 reward? You know, I don't know. I couldn't find if anybody got the reward. That's interesting. That is interesting. I did try and find if anybody had received the reward. I feel like he should get it. He should get some of it. Yeah, for sure. I think the wife should get some too. The, the wife, wife the, should get that's some what I was too. Thinking. They Absolutely. Should both get some they should she, probably they should split the reward. Yeah, because yeah. the wife ultimately led to the arrest, but he's the one that first tipped off. Tipped them off yeah. to it's Giovanni. This dude. Yeah. And I think that'd be really difficult to go and you know go against your best friend. But ultimately, Not if your best friend's that big of a shithead. Well, yeah, I mean that's yeah. true. But wouldn't you? Your I feel like your natural instinct would be to like to be like to try and defend it and deny it in your head. You'd be like, no, my best friend would never do that. It's hard for me to put myself in this situation because I feel like if you murdered someone, yeah, I would probably agree that it was justified. Right. Honestly, <laughs> like right. if, if you did it, I'd probably be like. I mean, yeah. first of all, you wouldn't murder someone for two grand and no, some, no, no, video, and some games. video games. Yeah, no. So. I believe that I heard that when police initially came to the house that he was literally playing one of the video game systems that he stole from Shut Amber's up. store. Well, you know, he's a giving man. That's he's a right. family man. <laughs> and, you know, he he stole entertainment for himself for yeah. the family. Yeah. Ugh. Norman, do you have questions for us from our patrons? Ooh. Jillster wants to know, do you prefer cinnamon rolls or cornbread with your chili? Ooh. Ooh. This is a Kansas thing. I know. People will be confused by this. This is a Midwest thing, or is it specifically Kansas? Yeah, it's a Midwest thing. Confirmed that it exists in Minnesota as well. Yes, so eating cinnamon rolls with your chili. You don't mix the two together. It's a side dish for your chili. 
but it's delicious. So I actually heard a rumor that this actually started because when they started chili for school lunches, nobody would pick the chili. And so they paired it with cinnamon rolls so that kids would pick it and it didn't go to waste. That's really got him. I yeah. love it. Yes, I hope that's true because I, I like do too. It. So um, I actually I don't know how. So I always make cornbread with my chili because I like to eat cornbread in my chili. Yeah, I have a very specific method. Put your cornbread in the bottom. You put your chili on top, and then you just smother it with cheese. Blue cheese. Oh God. <laughs> oh. oh, I can smell that from here. I knew that would kill you. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, I. I wouldn't be mad with either, but I do cornbread. Yeah. You do cornbread? Oh, yeah. I've never had the cinnamon roll with chili. Oh, my I gosh, would I would love so to good. try, though, because I bet that is good. It's so good. Uh, Aaron J. Boo <laughs> wants to know, <laughs> y'all have made me want to visit Kansas City and your surrounding area. Is there any touristy things that I should for sure catch? What is so? Yeah, let's name some uh, some of our favorite things to do in OKC. Hmm. I think the Nelson's super cool. The Nelson Art Museum. Yeah. yeah. Boring. Really? Boring. Wow. I'm not much of an art museum Ooh. guy. It's a good. It's a it's, good it, museum. It's a good though. museum. Yeah. If you like, if you like art, there's like a really cool Egypt like exhibit. Art. There's like modern art and like Renaissance art. I mean, there's all the arts. There's Van Gogh. Yeah. Stuff and like somebody found a bug stuck in one like last year. Yeah. One in the Nelson. They have giant shuttlecocks. Why are you looking at me? We're looking at your giant <laughs> shuttlecock. <laughs> what Sorry, else? Sorry, hangs out sometimes. We have really good food in oh, Kansas City. Great food. Um, I feel like we're doing a really bad job. We're not. We'd be terrible on the tourism board for sure. Mm -hmm. World World War One Museum. Ooh, the World War One. Boring. Boring. It's good. History. Toy Miniature Museum. I haven't been since they remodeled. I haven't been either. And is that the thing? That's the thing. Yes, that's um, Nell Donnelly's Donnelly's house, house. right? Yeah. Yeah. We should go. We should go. Why aren't we going there? Why Why aren't we there right now? Ah. Live episode from Nell Donnelly's house. Ooh, that would be amazing. And the background noise would be horrendous. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Kay Burns wants to know what would your intro music be. So, you know, on wrestling, when they walk out and oh. they, like, blare some music. Or, like, baseball, baseball. players come my, out I know my walk baseball walk-up song. What, is, what it? is it? The Stroke, Billy Squire, because I think it would be funny. And Sing it. everybody, have you heard? <laughs> you don't know the song? No. Oh. Keep going. That's all I know right now. <laughs> Kristen. I don't know what mine would be. It's funny, because, like, a really good swing is called a stroke. Uh-huh. It's also, like, kind of dirty. If you're in the game, then the stroke's the word. Okay. Don't take no rhythm. Don't take no style. You don't know this song? I mean, it does sound familiar. (laughs) Andrew Lippins says, in honor of Saffir Gray and I's honeymoon, what is your favorite type of theme park ride? Okay, I have always liked. Um, is that a bug up there? Oh no! Or We've got a stink, a stink bug. bug. Where? Where? Stink oh bug! My God, it's another stink bug. <laughs> the stink no. bug returns. Stink bug <laughs> epidemic of 2019. Um. Okay. 
So I always like, well, it's called the detonator here, but it's, oh, um, I hate oh, that. it's the ride where you like get in. No. It's like a big, a big cylinder and you're in seats around the bottom and then it shoots you up to the top, like faster than the speed of sound. And then you vomit and it brings you back down. Yeah. At so speed. I feel like that's terrifying because at the top, there is a moment where you think your harness is for sure not going to work because you come out of your seat a little bit and like you think you're just flying to the moon right that minute. Yeah. So here's a funny story. <laughs> My dad went on that ride at Worlds of Fun. Uh-huh. And they like, okay, so they put you in, your harness comes down, and they buckle the harness, and then they also like latch the harness into place, and a green light comes on, uh-huh. like above your seat. So that means you're good to go. And so my dad was in it, and like they like latched his thing, and his green light came on, and then like as soon as the guy turned around, his green light came off, it, like uh-huh. went off. And he was like, excuse me oh no my green light went off and the guy's like yeah you're fine well and so like they did the ride anyway without his green light being on my dad said he never held on so tight like he crossed his arms on that harness and he held on that thing he thought for sure it was coming open and he was flying out at the top oh my favorite teacups Teacups? Yes, I love that. So I'm afraid of things that go too fast. <laughs> and I don't like the sensation of being dropped. So I like a ride where you control how fast it goes. I do not like any theme park rides. You don't like any? You like teacups. Nope. Makes you dizzy. <laughs> you like standing in line for cotton candy? <laughs> the, okay, the one, the one ride I, I actually don't mind is... Uh, you know, it's like a it's like a boat, and it like goes way up, and then it swings the oh, other way. Yeah. Oh yeah yeah, 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 it's pretty lame. But I think the one at the World of Fun is called the Sea Dragon. Yeah, yeah, I think that's entertaining. I like um, water park rides. Okay, what about those like 4D rides where you go in, and you sit in the seats, and you play? They play like an interactive no. thing, and you like move all over the place. I like and sometimes those. you get to shoot aliens. Nah, I don't like this. Really? Makes me dizzy, nauseous. Norm is no fun at an amusement park. Yeah, it's, and I'm only a little fun at an amusement park. <laughs> Poor Peanut shaking. I know. Peanut oh, is shaking right now. She's so scared. She's, there's a there's scared? like a there's a truck outside delivering some stuff. Oh, that's and, what she's scared of. Yeah, yeah she, she has been tr- scared of trucks since the beginning of time. Look, she's. Ooh, this is a good one. Heather wants to hear about our host's worst date. Okay, I have dated so little, but yeah. I do have one that's funny, and I, I'm not, I don't even really, it wasn't even really a date, but it was when I was in high school, and it was like our group of guy friends, right? Um, bleep the name, but it okay. was. Do you remember him? He was friend. Vaguely. Yeah. Okay. So we were instant messaging. Uh huh. And he was like. Hey, do you want to go to the movies? Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, I'll go to the movies. And like, there was a movie out that we wanted to see. Um, and so I specifically. Wait, what did he look like? Uh huh. Okay, okay. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> um, I feel like they gave him X legs at, at one of their parties. No. Yeah. So this was your dream guy. Yeah. So anyway, so. I'm like, yeah, I'll go to the movies with you. But I was like, I didn't want it to be a date because I just like, I didn't think I didn't. I wasn't sure if I was into him. I was pretty sure I wasn't. Yeah. And so I met him at the movies and I got there a little bit early and I bought my ticket before he got there so that Uh I could it would for sure like not be a date. Okay. so we went and saw the movie um, Gothica. 
with Halle Berry. It's oh, a scary okay. movie. Okay. And so... Was it just you and him? Yeah, it was just me and him. Okay. Yeah, if it was more than... Then I wouldn't have had any risk of it being thought that it was a date. Like, if it was a group of us. No, it was just me and him. Okay. And so, we're sitting in the movie, and there's, like, this jump scare where someone, like, opens a barn, and yeah. an owl flies out, and he jumped so, like, big, uh-huh. I turned and kind of, like, snickered at him. Uh-huh. And he, like, looked at me, and then, like, zoom, looked straight forward. He was so embarrassed that he'd, like, jumped. And I was like, mm nope, definitely not into you Well, now. Brandy, to be fair, a snicker from you is probably a cackle for <laughs> anyone else, true. right? That's probably true. But if you can't handle a little laugh because you jumped, you're immediately embarrassed by it? Absolutely not. Listen, if you can't handle a little laugh, Brandy's not <laughs> the girl not, for you. I'm not the girl for you. So... And decided then and there, I was like, this is not going to be a thing. Yeah. And so we get out of the movie, and I was like, oh, I really liked everything. He was like, yeah, it's all right. And so we get out to the parking lot, and he's like, okay, yeah, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to my car. And I was like, yeah, cool, you know. He's like, I'm parked over there. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm parked over there. And he's like, that's a cool place to park. <laughs> no. And I was like, yeah. Was he making a joke? I think he was just really awkward. <laughs> Cool place to park. <laughs> so my worst date. Yeah. This was in college. I met this guy at a club. He was super good looking. Yeah. Like very. Too good looking. Maybe a little too good yeah. looking. Maybe a little mm-hmm. arrogant. Yeah. So like, I think it was like our second date or something. Mm-hmm. And he was running very late. Yeah. And not like, oh, he texted that he was running late, but just like, you know, we're supposed to get together at, I don't know, 7. It's yeah. like 7.30. So I'm all done up, looking yeah. so good. And I'm like, man, I guess this is what it feels like to be stood <laughs> up. And so, you know, at the time I was living with like a million other yeah. ladies. So, you know, my, my friend, Anna, who was like, Total sweetie pie. She's like, well, you you don't know that you've been stood up. Like, he could be dead in a ditch somewhere. And I was like, yeah, hopefully he is. <laughs> so I texted, I texted the guy. Yeah. And was just like, hey, are you okay? And he was like, yeah, I'll be there in 10 minutes. So like 15 minutes later, he shows up and I am pissed. Yeah. So pissed that like when the doorbell rings, I immediately changed into pajamas. <laughs> or did I change into pajamas or... I can't remember. I remember I changed outfits and bottom line, I was like, yeah, we're not, we're not going out. Yeah. Yeah. I made other plans. Mm -hmm. So he was like, seriously, seriously. So then he left and then, you know, that was very intriguing. (laughs) So then like, this is such a dumb story. Rather than just be like, I'm done with this guy, which is how I felt. He was like, Oh, you're mad. You're mad. You know, let's let's go out again. Let's go out again. Oh, you're mad. And for some reason, I didn't want him to think that I was mad. Yeah. So I agreed to another date. Which I feel is like just, that's a girl thing for so sure. Stupid. Yeah. Stupid. I mean, just like I yeah. should have just been like, yeah, no, I, thanks. Yeah, yeah, I didn't like that you were late and didn't apologize. Yeah. So goodbye. Yeah, I was mad. Bye. Yeah. Thanks. Have a nice life. <laughs> so, like, it was a Saturday, and it was surprisingly warm uh-huh. for that day. He picks me up and he's like, hey, I was thinking maybe we could go to the beach, like the North Shore. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that'd be awesome. Because, like, people who have a car in Boston are like unicorns. So it's like, yeah, let's go. And he's like, okay, how do you get there? This was before GPS and all that stuff. (laughs) 
And, and you're like, I don't fucking know. Yeah. So for the record, I have a terrible <laughs> sense of direction. So I was like, I have no idea. And then he started to get kind of annoyed with me that I wasn't a walking GPS. <laughs> but anyway, we finally get there. And, of course, we got very lost, and we didn't know each other or like each other well enough for it to be, like, a fun adventure. Yeah. So we're both kind of annoyed. We finally get to the beach. It's now darkish, coldish, <laughs> and we parked. We decided we wanted to go someplace to eat, and we kept walking, and places were closed. <laughs> and finally, off in the distance, we saw, like, a really cute, like, Italian restaurant. And so... We were like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, let's just go there. So we get closer and closer, and the place looks grosser and grosser, but it was the only place. Oh, my <laughs> so gosh. We go up. I still remember the the guy behind the counter. He was wearing this greasy, nasty tank top. Oh, no. And he was super rude. So we took our nasty pizza and sat out on the beach, which was a gross beach, like, you know, <sighs> trash everywhere. At one point, a gust of wind came, and I got smacked by his slice of pizza because he set it <laughs> And um, I'm debating telling this next part. <laughs> Have I ever told you this? No! Okay, so this next part is the worst part. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now it's super dark, yeah. super cold, and I'm still wearing an outfit that's like, Oh, a warm spring day. Yeah. I look like a hugger. So we're walking back to the car. It's a very long walk. Yeah. Because we had passed so many places just trying to get to this crappy pizza. Yeah. And he's like, I have to pee. And I was like, okay. Okay. And he's like, I I really have to pee. Okay. And again, I'm like, oh, okay. So finally... Like, we came up to some pillars. Yeah. And he's like, I'm going to go behind these pillars. I'm like, great. I'm standing alone on a street corner, and my date is pissing behind a column. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Some some gross guys came up in a car like hey blah, blah, blah. Oh, and then you know, my date like comes out on his white horse <laughs> tucking his dick back in his pants. <laughs> It was terrible. We did not go out again. Oh, <laughs> Norm, you got a story? Yeah, what's your worst date? Um, I have to think about it. Well, you've well, had 35 minutes. I've been, I've been engrossed by Kristen's story. <laughs> did you know that story? I feel like you've told me that before. I'm sure I've told you. I don't remember the pizza hit in your face, though. <laughs> hit my face it was more like my side but yeah it was it was terrible Mm. it was an awful date you're kind of like brandy where your dating experience is yeah i don't have much yeah yeah i never really had a bad not like that i've never had a bad date all right that wraps up questions let's do some good questions let's do some supreme court induction what is that oh well you see brandy if you pay seven dollars a month on patreon you get inducted onto this very fine podcast Ooh! and you know what this week we're doing something a little special we're reading names and favorite movie snacks excellent uh what would you like for people to do for this week's um supreme court inductions 
Everyone, please stand and solemnly do the Macarena. (laughs) Doreen the Troublemaker. Popcorn, extra butter. Riley Adams. Red Vines, baby. Travion. Sour Straws. Jamie. Peanut M&M's. Summer. M&M's with popcorn so they get all melty and stuff. Ariella Velez. Popcorn, pickles, and snow caps. Oh, God, I hope not all together. Okay, and this is very funny because David and I have talked about snow caps a bunch, and we're like, who the fuck eats snow caps? They're very good. Ariella. And me. Kristen, you eat snow caps? Well, I've never had a snow cap. I've never, like, gotten them specifically. Yeah, you don't go to the movies and you're like, oh, they have snow caps this time. Because Ariella's bought all of them. <laughs> Snow caps are good, but it is a uh, candy you don't usually go out and look for. Yeah, like dots. Mm, I love dots. We I saw know, dots the other day mm. in the in the store, mm. but it was a big box of dots. I was like, I don't know if I'm ready for that. You have to really the commit. The center. Yeah, it was yeah. a big one. Mary Jane, red and blue mixed icy and Reese's Pieces. Mm, I enjoy a good Reese's Pieces. That's a good movie snack. I'm so glad that I got to read that, and not someone who says Reese's Pieces. I hate when people say I Reese's Pieces. I hate that. Mm. Reese PC? I hate that. Kate Reese. Peanut butter M&M's. Oh, my favorite M&M. Mm-hmm. We had to like do a special trip to the I know. gas station because you'd never tried one. I'm sorry. Freak. I like the pretzel <laughs> M&M's. <laughs> what a freak. <laughs> Keep it in the circus. <laughs> Windy Z. Coke, popcorn, and all the chocolate. Welcome okay. to the Supreme Court. Thank you guys for all of your support. If you're looking for other ways to support us, please head on over to our social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube. Head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash LGTC podcast. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And then um, leave us a rating, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And then join us next week. Hold on. Hold on. What did I forget? Special thank you to... <gasps> oh, yes! Yeah. Oh! So special thank you to Jen and James. They both sent us Twizzlers. Oh, Jen, James, thank you. We have been snacking away. And I gotta say, I think between them and Mark and Kathy, we are all set on Twizzler nibs. We appreciate you guys for doing the listener homework. Are you telling people not to send us nibs anymore? Yeah, well, what is your deal? I don't want I don't want people to so feel we, okay, obligated. Okay, so here's the deal. Here's the real story, okay, guys. Yeah, tell the real story. We're feeling really guilty about asking you guys to send us nibs because the shipping on these things are yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, we we really do not want you to spend your hard-earned money shipping us nibs. <laughs> <laughs> we love the nibs and we appreciate them so much and we have eaten all of them. Yeah, we are very, very grateful, but I... But it makes us feel really guilty when we see how much the shipping is on these things. I'm going to go ahead and break away from you two and say, please continue to send me, the audio engineer, candy. Wow, wow. Norman I do does not, feel not guilty. care about shipping costs. I do not feel guilty one bit. Word of advice, please send it USPS first class. It's a lot cheaper than priority. Mm-hmm. Send all candy to me now, because they don't want it anymore. <laughs> Please do not feel like we don't appreciate it. We appreciate it so much. But yes. We hate that you're spending your hard-earned money on shipping. Yes. <laughs> so, again, thank you for all of your support. And be sure to join us next week when we'll be experts on two whole new topics. Podcast adjourned. 
And now for a note about our process. I read a bunch of stuff, then regurgitate it all back up in my very limited vocabulary. And I copy and paste from the best sources on the web, and sometimes Wikipedia. So we owe a huge thank you to the real experts. For this episode, I got my info from the Washington Post, CNN, and WITN. And I got my info from the Dateline episode, Everything She Knew, as well as articles for my San Antonio and KN... Nope. KNS5. Ken's five, huh? <laughs> For a full list of our sources, visit lgtcpodcast.com. Any errors are, of course, ours, but please don't take our word for it. Go read their stuff. 